It is Wednesday, October the 7th, 2020, Flyover Politics, Episode 4. I'm Adam. And I'm Sean. We're back. We're back at it. Um, first of all, uh, going to apologize if the audio is extremely loud this week. I'm going to get this all figured out. We had some uh, wonderful technical difficulties as we were uh, kicking off the show here, but uh, we'll, we'll get it figured out. We always do. Um, on a, on no, a, you do. And that's well. the nice thing about me podcasting is <laughs> I leave it all to you, man. I just I, I just sit here and rant and then uh, I get up and walk away and it's magic. I know that it all just goes out on the Internet. Mag- and, yeah, uh, the Internet handles the rest, I guess. It goes out on Al Gore's Internet and everybody gets to hear it. <laughs> uh, so as before we get into the vice presidential debate, um, uh, good news, by the way, I, I have a new Twitter follower tonight. I know you've been growing your, your Twitter followers. You hit over uh, 500 right this week. You hit the yep. hit the big magic yep. number there that you were going for. Uh, the the fly that that landed on Mike Pence's head tonight is now following me on Twitter. So I'm very excited about that. So it's a big get. I'm happy to. <laughs> it's a big get. It's, it's a big get. It's a very big get. Yeah. So very pumped about that as we kick this off. So um, I think I uh, I texted you or I tweeted this out. I can't remember, but totally forgot that there was a VP debate this week. It escaped my radar. Yeah. <laughs> it's had, like, what? we do a politics podcast, man. You got to keep tabs on this. Shit. I literally had no idea. And I knew there was one coming, but I and then it dawned on me, too. Like, we're less than what f- is it? Is it th- four weeks now from the from the election? Four yeah, really. Okay. Like- 27 or 28 days or something like that yeah so it's coming up and so it does make sense and apparently there's going to be a town hall debate next week with what like four people in attendance is that how they're gonna do the town hall thing? i don't know uh i still live my life one day at a time okay well they did do one with trump uh, a while ago it was kind of a town hall format Mm -hmm. um but there there was like hardly there was like maybe five or six people in the audience and they were really really spread out so I have absolutely no idea how they're going to do that one. The the big star last uh, the last one they did a couple of four years ago was was Ken Bone, that guy with the big red sweater and yeah, I make America that. bone again was was trending on Twitter and <clears throat> that was a big one. So he was the big uh, if if the fly was the star tonight, then Ken Bone was the star four years ago. Yep. Um, that was just before the the pussy grab video audio came out. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was around that time frame. Yeah. The October surprise, which had zero effect on the outcome of the election but uh so so tonight was the vp debate sean was tweeting his little heart away i i clicked over on your on your twitter i was like oh my god sean's fired up tonight man because i i've i've made i've not made any secret i think kamala harris stinks i didn't think she was a good pick for the vp slot Mm -hmm. um but also i don't like mike pence either he's the quintessential you know old guy at the camp that wants to you know sit down at a campfire and talk to you about your lord and savior jesus christ and gives you the crease yeah. and so i i honestly in like in like a disgusting breathy like a breathy no, way son, like we all have to get together as a marriage like just this it's very fake unbearably like everything he's trying to say is supposed to be like etched in stone like the gettysburg address or something yeah it's very you know, like something for the ages and it's just like no you're you're a half rate vp that's only there to get the evangelical vote that's your only service you're providing he's very popular you can speak you can speak in full sentences and evangelicals know that you will do their bidding like that's the, that's your fucking purpose here dude he's a very very popular guy among the evangelicals so is he um 
what what type of Christian is he's the he's the hardcore evangelical Christian like he's not Presbyterian he's not Lutheran he's not Catholic yeah. he's just like the what like a I don't I don't know the exact okay. denomination okay but I, I just know that he's like the the channel to the evangelicals okay so like that was in my reading of this is going back to 2015 when he was chosen because he's from Indiana I think he was the governor um, and then he had like a talk radio show. And then I can't remember if he said talk radio and then the governor or God. talk radio. But then he, he basically had no career. He was the channel to the evangelicals and was going broke. And then the Trump administration reached out to him because they needed somebody who was like a, who had their like right wing bona fides. Mm-hmm. And they scooped him up because he was shameless and uh, uh, fit the bill and nobody else like everybody else was kind of insidery enough that they were worried about like what they would do like you couldn't let chris christie be your vp uh because he knew more people than trump did and would like usurp trump maybe so they chose his outsider at the risk Uh, of uh roasting ourselves or the risk of other people roasting us how boring would would mike pence be on the radio like what what would the mike pence show do to your life if you had to listen to that that just sounds boring you know when you said that it seems it seems like truck drivers driving through indiana on i-80 or whatever (laughs) would start clicking over to that and then fucking fall asleep and drive off into the median maybe i'm wrong maybe maybe i need to dig up some mike pence radio maybe i'd be pleasantly surprised but it just sounds boring when you uh described it so that's my initial thought but so um didn't know there was a debate but found out so i was like okay i got something to do tonight and of course we were we were actually planning a podcast a little bit later this week but with the with this taking place we wanted Mm -hmm. to come on and give some initial reactions i already know based on looking at your your Twitter timeline that you are going to have way more to say about this than me because I, I the, the only like real positive and and Jack uh Tapper I believe is how you pronounce his last name Jake Tapper Jake Tapper sorry Jake yep. Jack um he had a hilarious quote the previous week which we didn't get a chance to mention on on the show after the the first presidential debate where he said it was like um I forget the actual quote it was something like a dumpster fire uh, combined with a train wreck. I mean, he just uh, inviscerated, yeah. uh, but not, not only Trump, but Biden too. Like just said, it was just, it was terrible. Um, we it, haven't even covered, we haven't even covered that. Like half the white house has COVID right now. Well, there's a lot that happened since our last show. There was, there was the, the, the whole outbreak. There was Trump first, like there was inklings of it that he, that he, and it was, this was like right after the debate. It was like what Thursday, Friday, yeah. like, almost yeah. right afterwards. And we, and then you did do a podcast. Um, kind of addressing it so we didn't get a chance to talk about it but you did and now so i guess there's there's that fallout and does do you want to would you want to be in a room with the president even though he's back in the white house and could still dude fuck no yeah i mean that dude's so hopped up on the only thing that's driving that soulless bastard right now is all the steroids (laughs) they've got him hopped up on soulless bastard he's yeah like like you can look at him right you looked at him when he was in the hospital and he's on he's on Regeneron, which is stem cells, and then uh, a bunch of other uh, uh, experimental drugs that, like, literally only the president would be able to get. And then when he's demanding to go home, they're like, "All right, well, so you don't die of pneumonia. We're gonna load you up on these steroids." 
And so they wrote him up on these steroids, and now he's sitting in the Oval Office tweeting his heart out. Fucking can't sleep. And somebody gave him his makeup back, and he's on he's on fucking Twitter with TV little ads, like five-minute little spots. I, I haven't know, even had time to watch it. it. There was um, a comedian that I follow that is very funny named Tim Dillon, and he had a funny tweet. I retweeted it today um, where he said, you know, of course, he's he's a comedian, so don't take everything he says seriously. He's just trying to fucking rile people up, as most comedians do. But he, he tweeted that if Trump shook COVID in 48 hours with a diet of McDonald's at speed, then we should start considering the uncomfortable truth that he is the risen Christ. <laughs> Which probably plays great with the evangelical base, but you know, I will never understand how that fucker can fail up so consistently, like how he can run the most race. Like, well, he runs a racist ass campaign and fucking ends up being a uh, uh, president, and then eats McDonald's and doesn't sleep. Well, and we we talked about it on our first show, living in Iowa, that. There's there's the term Iowa nice, but I sure heard a lot of racist Iowans around me when a lot of the the, the stuff was yeah, happening nationally, and I was it was I I want to say I was surprised, but I mean not really. But like, but like you you read stories about perfectly healthy people catching COVID and they're they they pass away yeah, in yeah. You know, two weeks. Yeah, and this fat fuck has like <clears throat> yeah. has like uh uh fry sauce in his blood. Also had incredibly and, high access to stuff that you and I would not have access to true. if we got coronavirus. So I, I saw a lot of like, it, it was weird. There was a lot of uh, conservative MAGA people spiking footballs on Twitter this week about how, how he's out of the, the hospital and back in the White House. But I'm like, well, of course. I mean, he's the president. He's going to have exclusive access to stuff that, yeah. that I wouldn't have access to. I mean, I have pretty decent health care, but I'm not going to get the same bullshit that they're pumping in his body and it, he got a helicopter ride when he wasn't feeling good with COVID to yeah. a world-class medical facility specifically set up to treat the president literally no matter what happens to him, right? Like, the then they broke open the vault to the to the pharmaceutical company's uh, patent off patent holdings, and and they're per, like. Uh, experimental stash of shit and started injecting it all over him <laughs> and he was able to get world-class treatment round the clock care by an, a fucking platoon of doctors and specialists with outreach to the best medical advice from literally everywhere in the world at the touch of a button and then he tells us not to be afraid of it and then he does it multiple times and tells you not to let it run your life and then you can read story after story after story of nurses from ICUs that catch COVID, call their hospital, and they go, don't come in unless you need a ventilator. Yeah. Like, fuck this man. Fuck this two-tiered system. Fuck, fuck Chris Christie, that fat fuck, who air quotes, like he checked himself into a hospital. Yeah. Do you, there is... No one of our class, of our working class, like working class person who could walk in up to the hospital yeah. and go, hello, I'm feeling a little bit <coughs> and I tested positive for COVID. I would like round the clock care, please. Different and treatment. they would just and then they would go right this way. Yeah. Fuck no. You don't get to choose to check yourself into a hospital in the middle of a pandemic. Did you see the uh, the photo op that they got caught doing? Um, 
just because of very basic computer knowledge where they took a photo of Trump in one area of Walter Reed and yeah. then another. But if you, I mean, the metadata was like 10 minutes apart. Yeah. Like it was like five or 10 minutes apart. It was funny. That's Cause I, I like, I standard saw propaganda shit. I'm well, kind of like, yeah, it was very yeah, dude's convalescing from COVID. I wouldn't expect him to be sitting up unless he's being jacked up with steroids. Exactly. Which was. And then, I mean, and this, and it's not to say that this happens just in politics. I mean, it happens in sports a lot. There's a lot of like, you know, scripted photos and, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of people just, you know, try it's, it's essentially the culture we live in now where, where, you know, just go on Instagram and you see people posing, uh, and, and, they're because they are they're an influencer you know and they're and it's kind of gross it's a gross culture that we've created on social media but so if anything it's just it's just it's just a part of that but i just thought it was funny that they were trying to perceive it as if he was you know he was still he was still doing his job sean and then it was just five minutes apart because of the timestamp and the metadata it's like do they not think we're gonna figure that out like right but you know and I, i saw people it's funny though man like like people that are in the trump camp man they 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 look for anything to just see you see and it just they're they're the love for this guy did you see like when matt gates said that he said he'll never love another president the way he'll he'll he loves trump and fuck matt gates i hate that dude (laughs) it's weird too because i watched a documentary with him on hbo where he was trying to show bipartisan legislation working with democrats on certain bills but then being basically told hey if you keep doing this and you don't raise money you're just going to be a big flop in washington dc um and then he eventually kind of abandons that philosophy and and realizes that the you know even though the, the the swamp was supposed to be drained under Trump, it's it's just getting larger and larger, and it's going to continue that way regardless of its Democrats or Republicans in office. I mean that swamp is there to stay. So this idea that mm-hmm. it was going to disappear, but he was giving this impression that he was working on, and he, and he he did work on bipartisan legislation. He still is, but he still you know just can't help himself to to go on Twitter and just jerk off uh, for the president uh, like he always oh, does. But it's disgusting. The sycophant like yeah act is just absolutely disgusting it's uncomfortable it's and cringy and I, I think it's gross even when democrats do it too like it's oh yeah like, it's not totally. exclusive to republicans i think it's just as gross too when i sit when i saw people fawning over president obama and thinking everything he did was was flawless and perfect and it was gross so mm-hmm. um it's both sides but so yeah we missed uh we missed a bit since yeah. we lasted a show oh, but even miller that's soul as fuck yeah also he, caught it so did the uh what's her name kaylee i forget her last kaylee name kaylee mcinney yeah she got it um like i i can't tell you so i've been in a bit of a i've been in a bit of a slump mental health wise uh for a few months just you know normally traveling a bit like there's a whole new whole new normal i've had to get new used to and uh having a hard time get stuff done and uh, wrap my head around a bunch of stuff. And uh, this last week has been a nice breath of fresh air. And I felt like there's some cosmic justice that, that, you know, I've had to put off and find out, like find ways to like see my parents, but like not engage with my parents. Like my parents could come over and we'll set up lawn chairs and they'll bring their lawn chairs and we'll be like on opposite ends of the driveway. So like, that's how I've seen my parents for most of the, the pandemic. Um, and, and the amount of people that have passed 210,000 people have died in Iowa. We have almost the exact same amount of people who have died in the entirety of the country of Japan. We have 3.1 million people in Iowa. They have 130 some people, a million, 130 some million people in Japan. 
we have the same amount of fatalities for this for this disease and and the fact that it's ricocheting around the people who downplayed it and the people who fucked up the response and not like ineptly fucked up the response like they chose to fuck up the response their ideology caused them to fuck up the actively fuck up the response and then fight about like no we didn't but not actually fight to unfuck it right that those people have the disease ricocheting around in the place that they work mm-hmm. and staffers are fearful to go into the that place even though they had this cocoon of safety around them daily tests for anybody who enters the the bubble right like there is a sweetness to the 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 juice that that berry is dripping down right now that i just love well it's like, interesting to hear from it. it's interesting to hear from your perspective too because um i i think i feel like i've been careful but then i've also i have people uh like close friends that actively go inside bars don't wear masks um they they just kind of have the philosophy of like well i haven't got it yet so what you know why why should i worry about it now and 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 there there's like there's some fair points like when they are going into restaurants around here um the the tables are 6 feet apart there's nobody actually sitting at the bars uh all the all the the staff is wearing masks and stuff but you know that this person um is not wearing a mask and so i i've been so i started getting doordash and yeah you know on on days where you're just mentally drained and it, i can't i'm the cook of the family and i just get to the point where it's like i can't can't do it yeah i can't do it we'll doordash jump in the jump in the vehicle and drive to you know pick it up and we went to a bar or went to a restaurant downtown went to go in and pick it up and the bar was full yeah it's... the tables were full no one was wearing a mask. The wait staff uh-huh. wasn't wearing a mask. And I won't go back there. I will not go back there. Um, there have been a couple, three restaurants. And I'll wear my mask. I'll walk in, grab my food, say thanks, and then leave. Um, and when I did that, this that, that bar, I had to stand there because they didn't have my stuff ready. And uh, I, I went back outside and waited and then went back in to see if they were ready yet. Uh-huh. And it was... Like they're, it, it's those people have been guided by this White House. Oh, those yeah. people have, if you had had a president that sat down and said, we are going to go through something and we all need to go through it together and we all need to protect each other because we're all Americans and we need to protect the rest of the world because we set the example, right? We need to show how this can be done and it requires every single one of us to pull together i need you to wear a mask in public places here's a scientist who's been studying this shit his entire career listen to him i'm gonna lend him my podium and i'm gonna amplify what he says but he's the expert or she's the expert yeah that didn't happen and so now here i am still can't go and see my parents still can't like go out to dinner still can't have a normal anything right and still have to fear that my kids and i or my wife are going to catch it and i'm not terribly worried about like long-term damage to my health but like if my wife and i have it and we're both bare like bedridden like who's going to take care of my kids that's yeah. my biggest worry and, right? and i've noticed that too it's a lot of people that don't and i i'm trying not to i think you know what i'm trying to say being 
you have two kids. I have one kid. So you have much, you have a larger burden than me, but um, I try not to come off as the, well, you don't have kids. So you don't understand guy. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. that can be a little um, annoying when you hear that from somebody, but it is something that definitely crosses my mind. Like, like the, my, my place of work, we didn't go into work for mm, three months. And by June we were all back in, like nothing was going on. No mass inside the office. Um, no mm-hmm. one, nothing just back at it. Like, like, like everything's back to normal. And then if you would wear a mask in the office, um, I would have to listen to people tell me um, that I was being stupid and that I, it's my constitutional right to not have to wear a mask. And then I would get in these like weird confrontational conversations about, well, these sci- these scientists don't know what they're saying, but you're right though. A lot of it was the white house kind of strangely, um, bypassing these guidelines. And you saw that tonight during the the debate between Kamala Harris and Mike Pence, where I thought she actually did the best, um, uh, in terms mm-hmm. of, and I don't, I, and I've, I've told you not, not a fan of hers because she comes off and she's a prosecutor. So she, you basically sound like you're standing in a courtroom when you're listening to Kamala Harris talk and it just gets annoying after a while, at least for me, it does. But it, I'm just, it just feels like she's turning going, ladies and gentlemen of the jury. And it's just like, but, that, but that's just her style and she can't help it because she was a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. But I thought this is where she performed the best tonight was when she was talking about the, about COVID. And you could see Pence like going, yeah, but what about sl- swine flu? And it just, there was, there was no accountability. And that's kind of the, my, my biggest issue with this administration is that these guys are adults. These guys are in their, how old is Mike Pence in his sixties, fifties, whatever. Um, I don't know. He's definitely older. And the the lack silver-haired of silver haired fox yeah he's a silver haired fox um flies like it too apparently um <laughs> this this weird like lack of accountability for adults like when i'm around adults in like an executive situation and one of them fucks up they take responsibility and say you know what that's my fault i'm going to fix this i'm going to make and for some reason in politics if you admit any kind of mistake or you make some admission of guilt then that means you're a failure and you can never come back from it yeah and I don't understand that if that's if that's just a do, do literally they, nowhere else in the world. Yeah. And it, like, is that true? Like, you should be thankful for people when they say, I'm going to try something. If it doesn't work, we're going to try something different. And I'd appreciate your input. Mm-hmm. But in politics, any admission of weakness is like stuck with you for life. Yeah. Right? Like Joe Biden had some bad. Yeah ideas in the fucking 70s right terrible ideas. in the 80s and they know they can be used against them with stupid you know 15 second ads like they're doing right now yeah. with joe biden with his his uh his comments on medicare and medicaid and, and social security yeah. and stuff and they're they're playing that one on a loop right now and, and but, but like the idea that over 40 years and you you can't evolve that you have to be the same person for 40 years or else you're a flip-flopper like yeah no like i it's not, I want you to evolve. I want you to expand your horizons. I want you to read some books. I want you to get more information. I want you to listen to the other side. I want you to engage with new ideas. I want you to try different ideologies. I want, or at least entertain different ideologies to see if that has merit in a society. And, and the idea that you have to blindly stick with some status quo or some paradigm that was determined by fucking segregationists you know it, it is insane to me and and the fact that you can't like even even six months ago just saying like we've learned how this virus progresses and we're we're enacting all these new things like we really need to have a national mask mandate like like 
we understand it a lot better than we did in March and April when we were telling people, please don't buy masks because we didn't want to run on N95s. We wanted those for doctors and nurses. But now we've got plenty of three-ply masks. We've got KN95s. We've got at-home masks. Like you, the, the, it's lack it, of the patience, obstinate. though. Didn't it seem like lack of patience on the part of the American? Like, if anything, the, the thing that I found the most disappointing with with Americans was the lack of patience around it. Was yeah, he's like Sean. I sat in my fucking house for eight weeks. What more do you want from me? And it was very like it was very selfish. And I and I yes, I always kind of yeah. <clears throat> like I I've always heard this term because I have I have a lot of friends that live outside of the United States, um, Canada, Ireland, uh, tons of different countries. Obviously, I just named two: Australia. There's a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I, I always heard that description of Americans, of Americans being very selfish. And I was like, I don't feel like, I mean, maybe yes in a way, but I, I didn't really feel, like truly agree with that. And then when this virus hit and and people after three months were just like livid, like yeah. I have to do what, Sean? I have to sit in my fucking house and order DoorDash and I can't leave. Right. And, I can't, and it was just like, yeah, because we're trying. I, I think a lot of people thought they did just enough for eight weeks like you know i i did my eight weeks sean or however long it was however long the the lockdown supposedly was supposed to be i'm just saying eight weeks but maybe it was longer but there was like this weird like i did my time i did what you said everything should be gone now the virus should have just evaporated and then that was that was the biggest um the biggest pushback that i always heard from people around me that actively decided to stop wearing masks was like well, uh, the governor said that we can go back to normal. We did the lockdown. We did. We 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 abided by these rules for a while. Now it's now it's time to get the economy going again. And it was just as yeah. if like nothing else was going. On. And I I know to this day there are people that just still, especially after that eight, eight weeks was up, they they weren't taking it seriously anymore. They weren't wearing masks. They're not they're not wearing masks when they go grocery shopping. And 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 it's it's a mentality of like like and I, and I get that thrown back at me because I've been in an office environment since June where we're not wearing masks and I'm, and I don't know if, if, if I'm putting myself at risk, if I'm putting my family at risk, but I'm, I'm, I'm only driving from my, my home to this office. Um, mm-hmm. If I do go in into any establishments, restaurants, gas stations, whatever, I wear a mask, but I'm still going out and I'm still doing stuff. I'm not being an idiot and sitting at a bar without a mask on, but there's plenty of people doing that and they're not catching it. And their mentality is, well, I haven't caught yet. So I'm fine. And, and, it, I'm just surrounded by this. There's there was different kind of approaches to it, and and there's uh, th- this sense of like you can't tell me what to do. God damn it! Like it's my constitutional right if I want to do this or not. And I, I, it was it was very um, it was very it was very jarring. Alarming. It was jarring, yeah, alarming, yeah. jarring, whatever. It's just it's it was kind of surprising to see I, that play I, out. I I hundred percent agree with you. I have had a, a hard time with my societal trust was pretty low so i have a i have a faith this is a weird dichotomy like i have a faith in society that there are enough people out there that want to do the right thing that want to drive society forward that want to have solidarity that will be there to support you and sustain you in your time of need that the society will keep going and that we could rely upon each other but i have on an individual basis, if you are a stranger to me, I'll help you if you need help, but I don't trust you. Like, and that before COVID, there was a, a certain amount of trust that I would have with my own personal well being, but with my family, it was pretty low. And now it's just through the floor, it's just zero. Mm. I don't trust these people. 
and by these people i mean anybody uh if if you are near me you are six feet away and if you're not wearing a mask i'm walking away from you Mm -hmm. if you're not wearing a mask i think you're a dickhead like you i don't like the way that these masks work we covered it uh, probably in two podcasts now if i'm wearing a cloth mask that cloth mask doesn't protect me it protects you the whole rest of society and there is nobody who's driving that home that that if we all wear our masks we are all protected and the fact that the entire society is wearing their mask you are protected by the society when they all wear their mask the way that you protect your neighbors and, and your brothers and sisters when you wear a mask it you're right that cloth mask that basically is made out of t-shirt material it will slow down the droplets so the intake of virus your viral load might be lower and there was a a study that i was reading that they were researching whether a lower viral load ingested in like if you hit it if you get a lower viral load if your immune system because if you have i don't know how to how to describe the but like if you get blasted in the face with COVID and you get a shitload of virus, it duplicates and multiplies and expands in your body and overwhelm can overwhelm you before your immune response can beat it back, right? Interesting. But if you have – this is what was postulated. They were researching it. I need to follow up to find out if this is true or not, mm-hmm. right? But yeah. the, the theory is sound that if you have a mask on and the viral load that you – take in is smaller it takes longer to multiply in your body and your body has a a, a higher rate of uh, immune response or a better immune response because it started off recognizing a smaller amount of virus and the virus wasn't able to overpower your immune system so i need to research that but the at no point is a mask damaging to you it is only beneficial i can't breathe sean no that's bullshit the va did a fucking study (laughs) where they took copd patients and healthy patients and they measured the amount of co2 buildup in the patient's bloodstreams and guess what even with copd patients there was no there was no gain in in co2 and also we've talked about this before but the an oxygen molecule is teeny weeny like orders of magnitude smaller than that 0.3 micron part of particulate filtration that your N95 mask. So if you have an N95 mask, the N95 filters out 0.3 microns. Well, the an oxygen molecule is like 0.00001 microns. Like it's teeny. So you're not you're fine. You're fucking fine. Also doesn't help too like if I, I hate to be so judgmental, but when I see someone that's clearly unhealthy and they're not wearing a mask, I'm like, you're super, super at risk. I mean, like you're, your immune you're system is playing on Russian roulette. Yeah. Dude. Like, like just Minnesota has the highest amount of COVID cases that they've had. Iowa has the highest amount of COVID cases that we have had. The, the, I just saw a push from KCRG that said mercy is almost at capacity. The, there is the most amount of people in hospital right now with covid than there has been the entire pandemic in both minnesota and iowa 
And the flu cold season is just now starting too, which is even yeah. scarier. I mean, it's just, there was, this, so, there's always that, there was that kind of overwhelming opinion of like, this is the first run and now we're getting ready for the second run. And and it is, it's, it's definitely, and it's strange right. too. Cause like tonight we're listening, I'm listening to the vice president kind of act as if, okay, yes, 210,000 plus people are dead. We regret this, but you know, we're, we're this close to a vaccine and, and we're, we're, the trials have started and there's this like sense of optimism, but a lot of this could have, that the, the issue is that a lot of this could have been prevented. And, and this, this is where for some reason it got politicized and I don't understand how, how a virus became politicized, but oh boy, did it. And they definitely hit yeah. that tonight. There was a back and forth and that's where I thought Kamala performed a lot better than, than Pence. Cause he didn't really seem to know how to answer it very well. I mean, he was very he sounded like he was very confident in his answers, but then he immediately did the what about is well, what about swine flu, you know? And, and it was yeah. just, it's like, okay, like you're not really answering the question though. And I, and they, and, and they, they have to know going into these, these debates that they're going to get just completely rolled when it comes to the COVID stuff. Cause they, they have no argument and there's, there's nothing, there's no way of like, well, if we position it this way, Sean, and we give these, no, there's, there's no way to, to spin this in your favor. Right. There's just right. no way to do it. And I, I, I've, I, I've, I'm so confused. Trump did a terrible job trying to talk about it last week. I thought Pence did an equally terrible job tonight. Um, they're better off just just pitching, diverting, and going on to another topic um, because the, this is a losing argument for them, and this is a huge advantage for Biden and 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 Harris when they talk about this stuff. And it it probably would have been worse if they were allowed to to campaign, which. That's the other really weird aspect of this election that there's just been no campaigning because I mean obviously mm-hmm. Trump has done it but um, yeah. but it, it's it, there's just the, the level of campaign stops and 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 sound bites and stuff are are just down and all you're gonna get is is from these debates coming up and it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating when people go back and and study this because uh, this this was a rare one it was a weird one but yeah. Um, the- the first it was COVID was the first question that came up. Yeah, right away. And they were they specifically asked about President Trump, the super spreader. And uh, Mike Pence said that they oh, well, we had the Rose Garden ceremony and it was outside in accordance with all, you know, health directions like one. Yes, uh, it was outside. That is the true thing that he said. There were no masks. There was no social distancing. There were tons of people in the Rose Garden. And then they all moved inside. Yeah. Like they, and, like, yeah. A lot of close contact. and A lot of close contact. You can watch the videos of those senators, Mike Lee, hugging people. There were mm-hmm. tons of people having close conversations unmasked. So if you're going to have these things go on, they have to be outside. You have to wear masks and you have to social distance. And they're not doing those things. And then he has the fucking gall to say, we'll follow the science, both on COVID. Well, we'll follow the science. No, you're you're not following the science. You've had fucking nerds telling you, like, I, uh, I'm a nerd. I'm the king nerd for, for virology. And um, I, I have studied this literally since I graduated college. And I am here to tell you, here's what we need to do. And they go, mm, no, thanks, because my people don't like wearing masks. Yeah. It doesn't come in real tree, so they're not going to wear it. What was the statistic that he cited um, early on when they were talking about this, where had they not shut down when they did, they would have been close to like 2 million deaths. So he was trying to, he was trying to pitch a positive and said, yes, we're at, we're at over 200,000 deaths, but had we not 
essentially enacted the the they keep they keep saying that if we hadn't done anything if we'd have gone for herd immunity which herd immunity is that you have so many people get it that it stops spreading because like so many people have gotten it that they can't be a nexus for further spread so if there is somebody like in in your office if your entire office gets it or or you and and all of accounting and all of all of marketing get it and then some sales guy comes in with it you guys aren't going to spread it anymore because you've already got it yeah and then you like so they're saying if we'd have just done nothing and just let everybody get it no no guidance just fucking business is normal 2.5 million people would have died and and boy did we save everybody like, yeah, it was weird to like to I to just like spike a football on that stat. It's the like... most disgusting gaslighting that I have that like you could possibly imagine. Like the gaslighting that this administration regularly and both like I'm not doing a both sidesism here, but like both sides do it where they want to obfuscate the truth. But like this is gaslighting straight up lying to you about the efficacy of their governance that is an intolerable breach of a covenant between your uh, government and its people right like that you can get away with this that we haven't that we haven't impeached this president and this vice president for their response to this pandemic is insane to me like th- that you can look at this response and say that this this president having continued and, and they only spent 10 minutes on it less yeah, than 10 minutes yeah. on it he didn't answer the question no this is the second fucking debate 20 minutes total on the pandemic that is ravaging our country that is ravaging it because of the inept response by this by this administration well, let's talk about the economy, Sean. It, it was so strange. Like, let's. Yes. I was like, no, let's keep talking about. Economy. Let's talk about fucking COVID and your your terrible response to it. Like, and I and I, right. I, know, I know that they they tried to tie the virus into the economy, but you know, again, and I, I think I tweeted this out too. Both sides citing incredibly accurate statistics, uh, inaccurate, I should say. Um, it, it just. The, the the shit that that uh pence was saying was completely false the stuff kamala was saying was completely false um it, this this idea that the economy was just rocking and rolling under obama and then all of a sudden trump took it to new high, it's like I, what fucking world do these people live in like they, they, the the thing is there was a recovery under obama it was sustained it was growing, but the inequality was growing faster. And it was a bubble. It wasn't, it was a fake bubble. I mean, it right. just, it wasn't realistic. Like, yes, right. it, it, it popped so bad under Bush that there was nowhere else for it to go, but up. But as it was growing, it was, it was creating this, this strange bubble of like statistically, yes, things were growing, but then it was going to essentially, and I remember hearing economists say this, like, yeah, it's going up, but we're getting kind of hints that this could this could blow up again, like in a very very bad way, and it did, and it was it was on the cusp, and we were in the very very beginning stages of that when Trump took office, and it was it was really escalating that area, and then COVID just completely 
made it 20 times worse. Obviously, I, 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 I still contend to you, regardless if COVID happened, this was going to happen to the economy. I agree. But it, it was accelerated by it, by the, the spread of this virus globally. And it, it well, he just, keeps, it, he keeps referring to a V shaped recovery and yeah. basically a sharp downturn and a sharp upturn again. But what actually is happening is a K shaped recovery where the working class and even the middle class, their income keeps going down. Their economic out, outlook keeps going down. But the Treasury and the Fed have backstopped the so-called job creators, right? That was the other thing that Pence said that Donald Trump's a job creator. Yeah. The, the, these companies are fueled by free money from the Fed and free money from the Treasury. Like the, these companies are giving themselves massive bonuses. They're keeping their money offshore so they don't have to pay taxes on it. They're fucking around with the taxes. The the they're buying back their stock. I covered it on my one of my uh, tilting at windmills podcasts, and they're doing it on money that is going like is taxpayer money. I mean, yeah. I I hesitate to call it taxpayer money because I I I believe in MMT modern monetary theory that basically says your deficits don't matter because they're in the currency that you create. And so only inflation matters. And we're focusing on the, on wrong metrics by measuring our, our, the strength of our economy and the, the gap that we could be attaining if we followed mon modern monetary theory. And if you do it correctly, you can have a, a, a ricochet, like a sick cyclical effect of money ricocheting around your economy. Uh, um, that kind of fuels growth on its own once you get to a, a, a breaking point, but or not a breaking point, but a, a certain threshold. But anyway, the the way that this K-shaped recovery or my, what Mike Pence refers to as a V-shaped recovery isn't because like everything got hunky-dory and, and he corrected it. It was because shit loads of money got dumped on Wall Street so that our financial system didn't collapse under the weight of a of a system that got bigger than in 08 when it was too big to fail and we had to bail them out then mm -hmm. and there there are no strings attached to that money there are no consumer protections there are no worker protections or very few worker protections and the fact that we have to take the money that could be used for our roads our bridges our infrastructure our broadband our solar and wind and geothermal networks that could be fueling a new generation of, of power and electricity for, for future Americans that would avert uh, a climate catastrophe. We don't even own those companies after we bail them out. We give them a fuckload of money yeah. so that they don't go bankrupt. And we don't own them. Even if, even if you took them and you, and you didn't say nationalize, I want to nationalize them. I would just like... Okay, you're going to go under? All right, we're buying you. Thank you. You're all fired now. Workers, you're cool. You can stay. Now this company is yours. We fired all the people that are managing it, and it's up to you to find people uh, that can manage this better. Turn the, turn the company uh, over to the workers. They now get to reap the benefits. 
Mm-hmm. Um, get rid of the people that were the problem and stop letting them spend all the money that the workers, the value the workers create on stock buybacks, on executive compensation, and on shareholders. Sorry. Fuck them. There's just, there's just so many people, though, that are going to eat up this economy bullshit. And on both sides, like they're going to hear what, what Kamala said tonight and be like, yeah, see, it was better before Trump got in. And then there's going to be people that, that are Trump voters. They see right. them, he made it better. And it's like, they're both wrong. I mean, it just. Yeah, they're both wrong. Like, it's, they're both perpetuating a fucked up shitty yeah, system. It's not, it's just. Because those are the nonsense. people that they have to call yeah. and get donations from. Well, and then I've I have always heard like, hey man, my 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 taxes went were lower under President Trump, and then I have go, well, where do you think all that fucking money came from for that those stimulus checks that you got? I mean, right. you can't look me in the face and tell me your taxes went down, and then a fucking check shows up in your bank account. You don't know where that money's coming from. Like it just it I I can't even right. engage in these conversations with these people because as soon as I hear them, I'm like, oh, they don't they don't know. Like they're just. They're just going along for the ride and they're looking. That's the other unfortunate aspect of American politics, because um, believe it or not, Sean, we have people that listen to this outside of the United States of America. I actually forgot to, to mention this at the very beginning, but we had a little um, a little data dump um, through our anchor account. People in Ireland, Canada, the UK, Germany, Malaysia listening to this podcast. Um and I, I'm sure internationalists. it's internationalists. I'm sure it's very similar in other countries, too. I can't I can't just say like this is exclusive to America. But a lot of American voters are um, dumb and they will focus on one. I, I've I remember reading this uh, this essay about your average American voter will, will zero in on two to three topics and two out of those three topics are usually just complete horseshit and have no effect on the on the, the bigger scheme of things of a country. It'll just be like, uh, I'm against abortion, Sean. So I'm going to, and it has no effect on their taxes. It has no effect on their, I mean, it just, just these dumb fucking, and this is something we'll talk about at near the end. Cause I wanted to mention all the political ads that have been getting just been just getting dick slapped with on, on YouTube mm-hmm. constantly. But, um, that's, that's the, end. and, and, and they know that too. Like politicians know that, like that's part yeah. of, that's part of round table preparation for debates like this and campaign stops. And they have it's fucking the teams formative things yes. that you can give people. Yeah. That is kind of a to latch uh, on to. Yeah. To, yes, exactly. They can latch on to that's easy to understand where one side goes, well, we need to protect women's right to choose. And the other guy goes, they're killing babies. And I know people right? that it's are, are huge gun guys. You are. I'm, you're, I'm pretty sure you're still a gun guy, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. I'm a gun guy. But I have people saying I can't vote for Joe Biden because um, I'm a gun owner. And I'm like, what the f-? like what? Literally, literally no one is advocating that they're going to come and take your gun. Oh, but that was the case for both Obama uh, elections was Obama and Hillary are coming for my guns. And literally no one and has the, advocated coming for your guns. And except what it, Beto, who said, we're going to come for your fucking guns. Yeah, and that was a like stupid, that. that was a stupid statement. But, but I mean, it's a fair feeling to, it, there are people who do want to come for your guns. There are politicians but that it, do exist that, yes, that say that. But this idea that but, one party is going to show up at your house and be like, okay, Sean, yeah. we got to take all these things now. Like, it's not happening. And, and Yeah, it's just, hey, we're going to have a waiting period and you have to have a license to acquire and you got to fill out some fucking paperwork. The gun industry you got to do a background shit, check. I mean, imagine being in that gun industry and going like, Ooh, we can fucking up, upsell our, our, our inventory now. And we can, we can upsell inventory on bullets and stuff. And it just, you cannot buy guns right now. It's hard. I mean, you can, but you like, like the, 
You can um, buy parts. You can buy gun parts. Part, or, yeah. Nah, I mean, you could buy guns, but like I'm trying to buy parts right now and they're, they're hard. To it's find. hard. It's hard. It depends. But the good ones. Sorry. The yeah. good, the good ones. You can buy junk all day long, but the, the good, good stuff. stuff yeah. But there is, there is a lot. I, I hear that a lot from voters. Um, the, the religion is, do you hear a lot of religion stuff? Like I know Pence was, was bringing up religion tonight. Um, I don't hear it as much as I heard it a lot during like the Bush era. A lot of people yeah. are like, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm voting for George Bush, but I don't know if I hear that as much these days. I mean, obviously there's that yeah. evangelical base that for some reason likes Donald Trump, even though he's not religious at all whatsoever. He's a New York elite that, I mean, all of a sudden decided to embrace that kind of what you were talking about earlier in the show about why, why Pence was that choice for VP because he could appeal to that base. But um, obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not here to I've heard- lecture about religion. I think it's stupid, but they, they, they did bring it up tonight though. I've heard it come up in the, in the context of Amy Coney Barrett. And she has, by any objective, like, lens, has some religious views that are inextricable to her view of the world, right? Like, the lens through which she observes, understands, and interacts with the world is inextricably linked with her faith. and. My the problem that people are trying to articulate isn't that because of her faith, she is unable to sit on the Supreme Court. It's not that she has faith and she is unable to sit on the Supreme Court. It's that her views being so intertwined with her religion and so deeply held. And I do believe they're sincerely deeply held. Right. Um, That her being on a Supreme court would force her religious views onto the 300 million people of America. And, and no one can get past. No one listens to you saying that long enough to get to what you're, what I'm trying to get to. They just go, well, she's a part of this Catholic group that is zealots. And then they're, Oh, you just hate her. Cause she's Catholic. But no, I don't. I don't hate Catholics. I was raised a Catholic. I know a lot of. I, I, I'm fine with Catholics. I understand Catholics. It's fine. The problem comes when you have a a group that is extraordinarily devout, fundamentalist, and has extremely conservative and extremely uh, uh, robust Christian views like that or Catholic views. And I can't remember her exact, like it seemed like a whole nother sect of Catholicism that, that didn't ring true to what my understanding was of Catholicism, but be that as it may, when that person is starting to decide law, they will do it. And they will use that lens to decide whether something is constitutional or not. And if her faith says that abortion is murder and her faith says that gay marriage is, is wrong. And if uh, uh, somebody has a, a religious feeling about not wanting their employees to do X, Y, or Z, um, that their religious views trump my freedom. And I'm like, their religious views 
take precedence over my freedom to do what I want. And there, it becomes a theocracy. And you can't work through that because right now the GOP is so intent on ramming her through that they will use that smokescreen of he's criti- he's criticizing her religion and that's not american we are yeah. a reli- we are a religious country freedom of religion Sean, freedom yeah. of you're yeah. you're impeding on her freedom of religion no it's i'm like, not no, impeding on her freedom we of just religion don't want you heard us ram the religious stuff into pretty important decisions like like right. roe v wade like Right. That I'll I'll never understand the the Republican stance on abortion because of of course we got the dumb talking point from Pensanita saying that they'll abort babies right up until birth, which is just a untrue, a completely fucking untrue, out, lie. Yeah. But and I, I was just like, ugh, it's so gross. But this idea that you're against abortion, but if that baby is born, you don't want to give that baby health care is so strange to me. That no, that that mm-hmm. baby's got to go out and strap on its boots and get a job, Sean, and earn its hey, own health care. You're, you're pro birth. You're not. You're not yeah. pro life. Yeah, pro-birth. you're pro birth. That's exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. what it is. It's pro birth. It's not. It's such a strange thing, and I've I've had these conversations with staunchly anti-abortion people. I'm like, okay, so you are against this. But you, mm-hmm. but you think that person deserves healthcare? They go, nope. And it's such a, it's it's the strangest. And I, I, I don't know how they get there, how how they arrive to those thoughts. But, um, but yeah, it's, there there was a little bit of of religious stuff, and I just you know, Kamala was all all smiles about how Joe would be the second uh, Catholic because I the first was JFK, if I'm not mistaken, right? He was the yep. first, yeah, yep. And people were really worried that the Pope would rule over the American president. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That was a. That was a real concern. And then people very quickly realized that like American Catholics very seldom listen to the Pope. Yeah. No, they're cafeteria and Catholics is what we mentioned on. on yeah, exactly. One, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, man, I'm going to go to the church that has a 47 minutes, <laughs> 47 minute mass. So we can get the fuck out of there because I, I but, was I was raised Catholic, too, man. And I, yeah. I had to listen to some of the I, I went to a Catholic school for a year. And I think I may have said this on when we first started doing this podcast four years ago was my bringing home a science book saying that the, the earth uh, was 4,000 years old. And my, my father, <laughs> my, my, I could, I've, there's only like maybe three or four times I've seen my father angry, like genuinely angry. And that was one of them where he stormed yeah. and goes, I'm paying a large tuition and this fucking shit is in this book. And they're teaching this like it's fact. And it's, it's a little, cause that, that actual, um, it was i can't remember the science book but it wasn't a science book and it just wasn't deep rooted in science and obviously i'm not religious anymore and i i got as far away as i could from that religion but mm-hmm. um but there was a little bit of that and that's always going to be in politics and i've i saw it a lot during the george w bush election period of just hearing people that was their that was their main uh reason to get out and vote as well he's a, he's a christian so i'm i'm voting for him and and John Kerry is is not. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure John Kerry's religious too. He doesn't, you know, one one candidate doesn't get to dominate. I need to the beat re- that drum day and night to yeah. to make it true. It's you know, so, I know, like, yeah, I know it's so strange. You don't need to have that identity of it's like a, a a Christian fundamentalist to to be a person of faith. What did you or um, to understand faith? Like like I can understand faith. Yeah, I understand. And not it, but be of yeah a faith. I I get yeah, why like, it exists, but yeah, I can also. We, I think I under, we, we yeah. both have interesting, I think, perspectives on that being raised Catholic because it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting religion to be part of. Um, sure is. And but it, one one last thing about the Amy Coney Barrett, if, yeah, yeah. If, if I can impress upon people the the um 
disingenuousness of the argument from the right, from the Republicans about the discussion of her faith being a valid point of discussion. They are the party that would scream Sharia law anytime a Muslim got anywhere close to a hall of power. And, and that is the thing that they were attempting to use their faith as a weapon against them to bar them from entry to, to our governments. They do it with Ilhan Omar. They did it with Keith Ellison. They tried to paint Obama as a Muslim to try and bar him entry from, from uh, the presidency. And so if you are one of those people that feels when you hear Sharia law, uh, a foreboding about what that means. One, it's Sharia law is biblical law. So if you hear a Christian talk about biblical law, it's the same kind of thing. It's the teachings of your book and living by the teachings of your book. But because the word Sharia is foreign to us, it can be used as a weapon. And that feeling that you get when somebody says Sharia law, they're going to start practicing Sharia law. That feeling that you get that, that, that foreboding, that nervousness, the lack of understanding, or maybe the anger or the resentment um, of something you don't understand coming in and trying to change the way you live. That's the feeling that I have when a religious fundamentalist, if I'm being genuine, if I'm being generous, a, a fund religious fundamentalist, and if I'm being a dick, a fucking zealot on the Supreme Court, that's what I feel except I understand what she's doing and her mission and the reason that the GOP has put her up to be on that Supreme Court after having served three years on, on a district court and having a short track record that can't really be held against her too, too much, but a pretty long lineage for the pedigree that ha she has come up through. Like the people that Kavanaugh, Gorsuch and the Federalist Society have on their list for Republican presidents have come up from the moment they enter law school. They have been vetted and there are those that wash out that you'll never hear from. And there are a certain core group of people that will rise through the ranks of the conservative legal uh, uh, core group that know that they are on a list for the Supreme Court that hold different specific ideas and they are part of the inner circle. She is one of them, and she has been groomed for that position. The chosen one. She's, yes. And there were people back in 2016, 2017, talking about Amy Coney Barrett is going to be the one that they pick to be the person that writes the decision that overturns Roe v. Wade because they want to have a woman do it. But not just that. Her view of... of executive power matches bill barr in that the executive should not be questioned by any other branch of government because the executive is the is the branch of government that runs the government meaning the president should not be impeded in what he wants to do and they do mean he in what he wants to do by any other branch of government the president gets to decide except for except for Chevron doctrine, 
which means that the agencies in the executive branch get to interpret the laws of the how the laws are written. So if the EPA says the mandate of the Congress gives the EPA a mandate uh, to keep our waters clean from things like chlorine and pesticide, uh, chlorine and uh, oil and, you know, toxic shit. Uh, they don't even say toxic shit. Let's say they have a list of chemicals or something, right? And they pass it. And then somebody comes out with a new chemical and that's polluting our water. The Supreme Court, a conservative Supreme Court would say the EPA wasn't specifically mandated to regulate this chemical. Therefore, they are not allowed to mandate. They are not allowed to regulate this chemical unless Congress writes it into the law. So Congress can't just say, EPA, keep our water clean. That's mm. your job now. We're standing up your charter. According to this Supreme Court doctrine or dogma, they would like that's that's the kind of separation of powers that that allows the president extreme latitude, but pr doesn't protect the people the, from the like uh, capital and running amok uh, with our health and safety. Speaking of uh, water, by the way, apparently we have the cleanest water in the history of this country, according to Mike Pence oh, tonight. So. Fuck him. <laughs> we have the cleanest water. Like, it's like really? No, we don't. Are you sure about that? Are you sure. <laughs> ask Ask Flint. Yeah, ask I don't, Flint, I don't know Michigan. If that's the case, but... This is the second president who's ignored that. Um, so there was there was a couple. No, there's even just real quick. There are even Native American tribes. Uh, some I need to look this up in New Mexico that didn't have running water. Yeah, yeah. I I watched a a, a video on that a few months ago. Uh, I think it was a Navajo reservation in New Mexico that didn't have running water. So like there are people in America who don't have running water. They have mm -hmm. to get a vehicle and drive miles to go fill up a water buffalo and drive it back to their house and have a big ass fucking tank outside their house of yep. water. It's scary. In 2020, um, sorry, I got sidetracked on that. There was a lot of. Oh no, it's you know it's it's important. I'm I I do think dear to my heart. It's it's definitely something that we should talk about. I think they should pack the court for sure. Yeah, she gets if she gets smashed through. I think they should pack the court, and I think people should listen to what packing the court means. You impose term limits, and then instead of taking the the court from nine to 11, mm -hmm. you take the court from nine to 18, you'll have a regular changeover of the guard. So you, yeah, you might have somebody who's going to sit on the court for 40 years, but they're one of 18 justices. It's very important. Or 19 justices, right? So their impact on the court. And if you're trying to reach consensus amongst multiple judges, Instead of four other people who are your ideological partners, you're you have a spectrum of people among those eighteen or among those nineteen people. You've got a spectrum there that you have to reach out to to gain consensus to sign on to your opinion. So if you want to have a majority opinion, you got to get a pretty broad spectrum of people to sign on to it. Unless you unless you know one side of that spectrum completely takes over, but that's really hard to do with 19 justices who have term limits that are constantly changing over. 
I did think right. it was smart for her to bring up tonight the the fact that Abraham Lincoln wanted to wait until after the election to nominate his Supreme Court justice and and she kind of set up Pence going like I, I know the the president and, and and Vice President Pence really like Abraham Lincoln right and he's like yep definitely and then <laughs> and then she she tossed that line like well if you recall and then he kind of had this like ah shit they can't really yeah, but nobody cares like at the yeah, end of the day nobody gives a fuck I, about that I know you know what I mean like I I. I understand Lincoln's place in our history, but like when you grasp onto a precedent set back then yeah. and you say like, well, Lincoln didn't do this. Like no one cares. No one that is engaged does. in this debate. I think she just did that because I, Trump was always touting Abraham Lincoln saying that he's done the most for, for black Americans since Abraham yeah. Lincoln. So I think she was like, Oh, well I can use that against him," And yeah, she can kind of use that one. It's a, it's a tonight, tonight, was a game of of smack ball oh yeah and i try to think about this like this isn't a discussion in which people are trying to discuss nuance this isn't like chess where you're moving around deftly and there's a plan and there you know it's a it's a give and it's a take this is fucking smack ball Mm -hmm. where you just have a ball and the goal is to smack it at your opponent's junk as hard as you can (laughs) that's pretty much what it is that's it that's yeah. it. It's like, oh, yeah. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, all you want to do is you want to have a clip where you smack the ball as hard as humanly possible and it hurts when it hits the other person's junk because they weren't ready for it. Yeah. That's it. No, that's true. That's it. That's There's true. no like, like that is the thing that people are looking for. And so they, yeah. the, the, the thing, the, the big takeaways that you're going to see are going to be Pence. Uh, uh, I forget. There was something that he said that I was like, that's fucking stupid, but his base is going to eat that up. And then she was like, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. Mr. Which Vice I, President. Yeah. She did a lot of that. Yeah. And, and she did like, that is the type of smackball shit that it, she is illustrating the being mansplained to. Yeah. Yeah. But not articulating why people should vote for her, why yeah. people should believe in her ideology. It's it was simply yeah. smackball. It was a lot of there would there would be a topic that I will say it was much more civilized than the debate between Trump and Biden. There was there was there was interruptions, there was back and forth, but it felt right. I, I didn't feel as gross as I did last week. But the, she would bring it back to previous topics, so it because mm-hmm. they would. They would always want to get that last word in, no matter what. And they, the new topic, I'm like, okay, new topic. Let's talk about uh, the police. And then he go, well, I want to bring it back to, you know, what, what she had. I'm like, oh fuck, here we go. Like it just, yeah, it just kept. And I, but you're gonna get that in debates. But there was there was a lot of stuff that he said that I thought was was gross. Um, you know, she honestly, and may, maybe you'll disagree with me on here, but I don't think she has any right to be talking about prosecution record when it comes to the police. Um, if you just no. look at her voting record in 2015 where she was vehemently opposed to putting uh, body cameras on police and then blatantly lies tonight and say she was for it. That's she's completely full of shit. Um, so there's, there was, there was some stuff that she said tonight that I, I was just like rolling my eyes at. Cause if, if you can probably tell, I wasn't a big fan of hers leading up to, to the, yeah, I remember you being a Tulsi Stan, I, I kind of dismissed her relatively early i wanted to, i really well i wanted to like kamala and then i started doing some background on like her actual prosecution record because i remember seeing mm-hmm. a documentary with her when they made gay marriage legal in california i forget the year of what that was 
And she was at the forefront of that documentary because she was at the courthouse when the very, very first one, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And so I did some research and I was like, oh, she's kind of not great at all, actually. Um, She has Mm -hmm. a very controversial prosecution record and prosecuting people over marijuana and then going on a on a on a hip hop station in New York and laughing about it. And like, 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 yeah, like very weird. Like, like, why would you do that? Like, that's it was very it was very odd. And then, of course, you know, Tulsi fucking just just pussy punched her on television in front of everybody and she had no comeback to it at all like she just completely avoided the obvious and and i i i just was i wasn't a fan and and i thought rick santorum um i can't believe i just said pussy punch on a podcast by the way i can't believe you did either i was i was debating like well are we allowed to say that if if it's if it's guys it's dick punch if it's girls it's pussy punch yeah i mean that's kind of how how it would be but um I was listening to, I was watching the CNN panel and Rick Santorum was talking about how there was kind of a reason she didn't even get to Iowa because it just, I mean, she was, there was this like, kind. I remember hearing like, oh, she's going to be like, she's going to be the next Obama. Like she's going to, she's going to rise up and and she's going to get the nominee. And like, she just, it just didn't happen. It was, she fizzled out really, really fast. I feel like she fizzled out because the, like when she first started out and she didn't have much of a staff. I felt like she was a force to be reckoned with. And then she got a staff and she had, she surrounded herself with a bunch of the in crowd and they morphed her into this politician, not a person. Yeah. And the, she, in a time when people are looking for something of a human being, to hold on to or to grasp onto or to associate themselves with that it wasn't there in the same way that Pete Buttigieg wasn't there. Like he, he just, he was an automaton robot that had like a Obama bunch of robot from the corn yeah, fields of trying, Iowa. It's like, okay, I've heard this one before, but like, it was, yeah, but he wasn't like, he just wasn't believable. Like, yeah. You could believe Obama. You felt like there was a fucking fire there. I had a Buttigieg and, person come to my house and I, I, I basically said the same thing you just said that he sounded like a robot. And mm. you know what? You want to know the response I got from that person? Well, Pete's a little shy. He's kind of an introvert. I'm like, then why is he running for president if he's an introvert? <laughs> and and she looked yeah. at me like, well, I'm like that, that. I think that's a pretty valid question to ask you. Like, and I, I she wasn't rude or anything, but I was like, how can you, yeah. how can you back a dude who identifies as an introvert who wants yeah. to become the most powerful person in the world? Like, that's a strange mix of a of a personality there. But yeah, no, you're right though. It was it was very much like especially with with her it was there was a, a sense of like i remember hearing it like she's the next obama and then I just didn't i didn't get that the thing i was missing from her because i i think that she is one of the smartest people in the senate no doubt and the way because i watched the i watched the uh um uh kavanaugh and gorsuch hearings I think in their entirety, as well as the Comey hearings in its entirety. And when she came up, it was obvious that she had the ability to hold a thread of questioning in her mind. And that that thread, when it met a an answer, had different 
uh, had different threads spanning out from there for different ways that she would go after the, the, the vein of truth, right. Or, or to challenge on the spot in the, in ways that other senators and congressmen just couldn't, they had their, they had their seven questions they wanted to ask. And this person would say something completely loony in response to the question. And, and the obvious follow-up is right there. And that, they're not adept enough to to go with the flow and go. What did you mean by that? Mm-hmm. But but she is. She's and a prosecutor. Yeah, she's got that background. Pro- she is a prosecutor, so it was literally her job. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a thinking on your feet that I saw tonight that she would do the same thing. But there was I just didn't. I don't get the. I don't get the fire behind it that 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 skill is being put to use for a particular ideology mm-hmm. and it bothers me because it one of the questions tonight was basically like both of you are going to be vps to some really old presidents yeah um so one of them might die in office and you guys have pretty high likelihood if you're in vegas of becoming president like on a whim what do you think about that and not, neither one of them would say anything, which of course they wouldn't. But if she, if Joe Biden becomes president, and if like me, you think the dude's sundowning mentally, um, I don't wish death upon him or anything like that. But like, if you think that, I, like I do, he won't last a four-year term. It makes me nervous that I can't feel an ideology from her. Yeah, it's scary. I feel like the the fact that there's two people in a position to win the White House that quite frankly, going into even the early stages of the nomination process, weren't even making any kind of momentum shift or any kind of advancement is terrifying to me. Yeah. Like Mike Pence is a virtual nobody like we were talking about from Indiana. And she was polling it below 4% before she dropped out. I mean, she didn't even qualify for like like Tulsi Gabbard was getting like one or two percent and she was qualifying for debates over Kamala Harris. Like it was like like Tulsi hung in longer than she probably needed to. And she mm. was still outperforming Kamala Harris. And and yeah. now Kamala Harris is in this this position of being a heartbeat away from the White House. And Joe, Bi- I mean, no one was showing up to Joe Biden rallies. Like, look at the amount of people that were showing up to Bernie Sanders rallies and Elizabeth, even Elizabeth yeah. Warren was drawing pretty decent crowds and, and fucking Amy Klobuchar was drawing some pretty decent well, I crowds. Went, I went to a Biden rally. You did. I forgot about that. Where was yeah, that? Went, where was that? Was that in Cedar Rapids or where was it located? Yeah, it was down by Harper's Ferry. And there was like, what, like uh, fucking 200 people there maybe? No, it was way less than that. See? And uh, it just, it's, and then fucking. Was in, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to I was going to say you, there's like a less than 100 people there. And then uh, Bernie Sanders goes to what most would consider a pretty small arena, which is the U.S. Cellular Center here and gets like eight or nine thousand people in there. Packs yeah. the place. Yeah. And I just I don't understand how we got here, Sean. Like, that's where I'm like concerned of Bernie Sanders was so popular and was drawing these crowds and. Now fucking Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, two people that were just not even in the top echelon of that party are now like now I just have to be like, well, okay, like, no, like, really? Do I have to? The party of an exceptional mediocrity. Yeah. Just 
It feels like they're tanking. It does. Perfectly, and, exceptionally adequate. Even though, and we'll get into this to close, the polls are saying otherwise. So even though I feel like they're tanking, um, the numbers are indicating something far different, which, you know, is what yeah, it is. I, but I got two I got two things I really want to hit yeah, before yeah. we get on. Yeah, before we go close up. Like the two foils uh or the two major hits tonight for Smackball twenty twenty. One was fracking and the other one was Green New Deal. Yeah. So American energy independence. So quick, quick primer on fracking. Uh, do you know where fracking came from? Adam? Uh, I don't know a lot about it. I know what fracking is, but I don't have a, a, a decent uh, chunk of history behind it. Well, this innovation came from the United States tax, taxpayers via the Department of Energy, who realized that we have a lot of oil, but it wasn't in big pools. It was kind of stuck in shale rocks. Sure. So now you drill a hole and then you kind of cap it and then you hook up a big hose to it and you shove a slurry mix of a bunch of different shit down there. And then you pressurize it and you crack all that rock so that the oil leaks out and then you pump out all of it, like all the chemicals that you put down there, but then all all the oil and shit too. That process of fracking was innovated by the Department of Energy and then basically given to oil companies to come into your state your county, your neighborhood, sometimes even your backyard, drill a hole and then explode it underneath your house and then suck up all the oil. But there's no real requirements for like what chemicals you can or can't use or can or can't leave behind. And you as the person living next door to this fracking site, you aren't allowed to know the chemicals that they use because the chemicals used are a proprietary mix or proprietary slurry of sometimes hundreds of different shit of viscosity changers, of antifreezes, of lubricants, of X, Y, or Z, or things that they use that either bind to or don't bind to the oil so that it's easier to separate out later on. Um, that's the thing that the both parties are fucking fighting over being yeah. proud of being the ones that like, yes, America, I'm for American energy independence and here's fracking for you. And we're doing a great job of fracking and everybody loves oil. Yay. I'm the one who will not get rid of fracking, which if you explain what fracking is to most people, they do not want mm -hmm. fracking yeah. in their neighborhood and that was and the, the back and forth tonight right was that he said joe biden was against it but he's actually but she was saying he was actually for it right yeah and it's like you would be very popular with the exception of maybe like fourteen thousand people in that are in the fracking industry you would be very popular with a fuckload of people who hate fracking. Ask Oklahomans how they really like a couple thousand earthquakes a year. Mm -hmm. Did you know that there were earthquakes in Oklahoma? I, I watched the documentary about the the massive side effects and, and tapping yeah. into water supply, like ruining water supply, yep. um, earthquakes. There was... Um, light your water on fire. Light water earthquakes in Oklahoma. You there was a farmer before. saying that it was having a direct impact on their on their soil um, and and their crops and stuff like that. Livestock and, getting sick. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of downside to it. But it was strange that they both buckled down and said, uh, "Nope, nope, I'm I'm for it. I'm, I'm for it." And 
and the the Green New Deal that, by the way, last week Joe Biden said he was against, and then Kamala Harris just completely avoided that that gaffe by yeah. Joe Biden and just kind of went, well, I, I'm going to shift the conversation. Didn't even answer the question. Just bypass acted as if it wasn't even asked out loud tonight. Which is popular amongst eighty percent of Democrats, sixty percent of voters. Yeah, like th- this is the thing. Like the, they aren't avoiding the ire of you and me. They're avoiding the ire of their donors. They're avoiding the ire of the oil companies. They're avoiding the ire of people who have a vested financial interest in the status quo. Mm -hmm. And the status quo is going to leave our world uninhabitable for future generations. Like that, that's what they're protecting. That's the problem I have. That's why I'm getting fucking fired up is because one Mike Pence is just insufferable in his mannerisms he thinks he's in some fucking aaron sorkin tv melodrama (laughs) and and gaslighting the nation on what their actual plan ideology is and then on the other side we have somebody who isn't taking a stand for anything other than whatever smackball thing they can hit like they can hit but like the things that actually fucking matter it is. I have to tell you, though, and you're probably going to hate that I'm going to say this out loud, but it is weird to take in a debate with Trump, who just is not a politician, is as a bully, as you put it last week, because I thought that was an accurate portrayal of it, regardless if Trump voters don't like to hear that he's he, he was a bully. And then to have a guy like Pence, who just took a completely different approach of uh, being more stoic and just calm at times but wouldn't would never just the uh, the polar opposite of donald trump is is, is mike pence i don't agree yeah. with a lot of what he says but it was kind of like the mannerisms that he presents i mean he's definitely like he's the he's the ceo guy that you know goes sorry sean i gotta let you go man and like you're just you like want to punch him in the face but there's a difference mm-hmm. between that and, and then sitting in a room with donald trump who would just be able, wouldn't even give you the time of day and tell you why you're fired and it's 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 just a weird dichotomy to watch how Trump approaches the debate and how Pence approaches. And I, we're only going to get one from Pence, but mm-hmm. it, it w- I have to tell you, it was kind of it was weird to to see someone not be such a bully. Um, to push back a little bit, you're giving Pence a little bit too much credit because the man doesn't have a soul that can be stirred into anger or any other emotion. Well, he's yeah, he's definitely a robot. So, yeah. Uh, but I understand what you're saying. The presentation the of presentation the ideology was, yeah, it was is, very different. is a, a funhouse image of what we saw last week. Well, last week was just so it was it got annoying after a while. Like tonight, there was definitely some interruptions, no question about it, uh, from both sides. Pence would interrupt uh, Kamala. Kamala would interrupt Pence, but um, it just wasn't as. Can I? I, <laughs> I think I mentioned what yeah. what what, uh, what uh, Jack is it Jack or Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. Jake Tapper. He yep. said it wasn't uh, emotionally abusive this time around. Yeah. So I thought that was. But funny. also, it wasn't very illuminating, right? It like wasn't. There was, no. No. If 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 uh, rather dull. Um, if you know, next in four years, we should do a podcast pre-debate where we guess the nine topics that they'll cover, mm-hmm. and then we guess the responses from each of them and see, yeah. And then because like I could have done that if we'd have done that this morning and said, like, what are the nine topics they're going to cover? I would have given you. I would I would have given you I would bet seven out of the nine. 
And then I would have ac- I would have been able to accurately articulate everything both of them were going to say, not the wording, right? But just the but like, like but you could kind of guess the what the general yeah. oeuvre of the what path the response. Take. Yeah. Right. And and it for people like you and I and probably if you're listening to a politics podcast, you have the same experience, but like I can't fathom being an American who isn't engaged and then turns in and goes, wow, that was a compelling argument. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, very different. Yeah. Yeah. This is, it's oh, purely changed people, my mind. <laughs> it's purely like the only reason. Yeah. The only reason I watched it is because I want to do a podcast on it yeah. and, and express my feelings on it. Otherwise it would have been like, I'm not going to watch this fucking smack ball. Shit. Oh, I'm sure it gets half the amount of viewers that the debate last week got. I'm sure. And I didn't even fucking know it was happening tonight. So that yeah. should tell you that much. So I'm sure a lot of people didn't know, but yeah, um, I definitely, so last week, I, not that we really have to say who we thought won or lost, but I definitely thought if you had to grade last week, I thought Trump did better than Biden when it came to just the overall debate in terms of how he smacked back and, and how it was going to play well with that base. And, um, his, his bully approach worked really well for him. I don't know if that's going to work so much in a town hall environment. Cause that's going to be the next one. Um, mm-hmm. cause that's supposed to be people in the audience asking questions. And I don't think it's, you can kind of get a little bullyish. Um, but I, I have, I don't think you're going to see the amount of interruptions that you saw in the first one. Maybe I'm being hopeful, but I, yeah. I don't think you're going to in a town hall sense. Um, and then tonight was, um, kind of similar to last week, but it was more of a sit down, um, but I definitely thought Kamala came off better. Um, she, she definitely had that, that prosecution style that played better than Pence constantly, you know, playing, uh, playing defense and having to answer. And he just, he didn't, I, I don't think Pence necessarily did bad by any means. Um, he, he hit all his talking points and, and all the stuff that he knows that base is going to eat up. But I thought from a, from a presentation standpoint, I thought Kamala did better. I think if, yeah. if your average voter didn't really know much about either of these two people, they probably would, would, I would assume would say, Hey, Kamala probably performed a little bit, a little bit stronger just because of her presentation more so. Yeah. So with, Trump and Trump and Biden, I generally agree that Trump did things that his base was like, oh, fuck, yeah, he's destroying Biden. But overall, I thought Biden did better because Biden was de- trying to debate. Trump turned it into a funhouse image, right? So yep. we, we talked about that last time. Yep. And then tonight, there were a couple times when Mike Pence, like, if you set aside if you set aside the complete gaslighting of Mike Pence and the denial of reality that Mike Pence demonstrated tonight, Kamala, Kamala or Kamala Harris was uh, spinning things, but not necessarily in denial of reality. If you set that aside and you take it for face value, I think that there that she came out slightly on top. But if you actually know some of the background shit of what they're speaking about, I think I think that he came off as a disgusting gaslighter who is lying to the American people and she is a good I'm sorry, she is a credible person that should be the backup president for an 80-year-old man. 
76-year-old man, how old Joe Biden is. It's just the, the world we're in now, unfortunately, but yeah. yeah. And and th- that's it. not to say that I like her ideology because yeah. I, I can't detect what that ideology is. Yeah. It could be good for my, my little lefty plot, right, that well, that someone who is malleable enough that if the wind blows in a certain direction – she'll she'll go with the flow um but also you know if you get to the pinnacle of career your career you kind of get to the you know fuck you i'm now this is who i am now i just i honestly am am shocked she's sitting where she's sitting right now i just would have never would have never guessed just i I would i am i am shocked that she isn't the first attorney general pick of whoever the I thought like a cabinet. I thought like a cabinet position for sure, but not yeah, yeah. not not a fucking yeah. vice president. Yeah. No way. Um, so there was a couple things I wanted to hit with you, and and, and more so, yep. it's I I'm seeing a lot of poll numbers um getting tossed out, and and of course the the first thing that and I know people listening to this are gonna well don't forget about 2016 when Hillary was up. The thing is, guys and girls. Joe Biden is not Hillary Clinton. I, I I just I have to say that from the very beginning. Um, this is a way different candidate than Hillary was. Um, Hillary had a lot of negatives, at least in my opinion. Maybe Sean disagrees, but I thought Hillary had a lot of downside going into that election when she became the nominee. Obviously, yeah. my impression at the time was that uh, Bernie Sanders was going to get it, and then of course that's not what happened. Um, so when when Hillary kind of got pushed into that position there was kind of already something getting set up obviously there was there was some outside interference which you can't deny at this point i mean it's just you're you're just factually inaccurate if you deny that there was any russian interference in terms of yeah infiltrating yeah. social media not to say that that was the entire reason trump won but it, it helped quite a bit um to influence uh, the voting populace especially the people that just blatantly don't pay attention to politics on a daily basis but i'm looking at these poll numbers sean and as of this week, uh, there was a CNN poll that had Biden up by 16 points over Trump. At no point did Hillary have that big of a lead over Trump mm-hmm. at, at any point. I think the most she had was like maybe seven, um, maybe maybe eight. I'd have to go back and confirm that. And I'd, I'd want to put that in conjuncture with the same time frame of four or five weeks out from, from the, the vote. But they had all these other statistics to go along with that, um, that men uh, actually wait. No, that, that was there was that was a second poll. This is um, this was people. This was just general populace. So people over the age uh, that were 35 were heavily for Biden, 65 percent to 32 percent to Trump. Uh, people 35 to 49, it was a little bit closer, but not by much. It was 57 percent Biden, 40 Trump. This is where it starts to to go the other way, though, a little bit. Um, Ages 50 to 64, it was 50% Biden, 48% Trump. So you're seeing as you get over the age of 50, it gets a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at, at 65, though, this is the interesting one that I thought it goes back to being wide again. It's 60% in favor of Biden over 39% Trump. The, this was not happening with Hillary when I was looking at polls. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back and do some mm-hmm. full comparisons for our next show, but I don't recall it being looking like this. There was other polls too, like people that like women with college degrees, obviously 73% in favor of Biden men with college degrees. It was 57%. And then it shifts more towards Trump. Um, when you talk about women with no college degree, 
they're they're in favor of Trump 45%, but still Biden's up at 53. And then men with no college degree, Biden 33%, Trump 66%. Um, again, and I, I know that this is the overwhelming thought process is don't trust the polls. We did this with Hillary and it was a big, that was 2016 though. I think things are a little bit different. Um, and then the other thing that really threw me though, and I've, I, I've been seeing the electoral college predictions. I think we talked about this on the first podcast we did or the, I can't remember if it was the first or second mm-hmm. um, there. I'm, I'm looking at an electoral map right now that has Biden winning 418 to 120. That's a big one. Um, there's I don't, a, there's another one yeah. that has him at 279 to 259. That one feels more like what I think is probably going to happen. But this, and with the, this other strange thing too is I, I I will occasionally flip over to MAGA Twitter just to kind of see what's going on. There's a mentality among MAGA Twitter that Trump's going to win by a landslide. I don't know why that is the case, unless these predictions and these polls or people are just fucking with with pollsters right now it's very possible they are but if anything like trump didn't overwhelmingly landslide defeat hillary like there's this weird thought process that he did and he didn't mm-hmm. um he was able to just really well he, he did a really good job of infiltrating battleground states that obama just easily carried both years and he was able to flip them really strongly that's not happening this time around based on data going into it. But people are always going to go back to what they say, Sean, of, well, you remember what happened in 2016, but I don't, I know, I know you were just going to say that you don't, you don't think it's going to be that big of a, a swing of Biden being up 418 to 120. but yeah. are, are you seeing the same kind of shit or am I just, I've seen, I've seen those reports. I am, I am skeptical of them for a few reasons. Got the skeptical not- hippo face on right now. Not because, yeah, not because I don't want them to be true. I want Trump to be defeated so soundly on election night that there is no time for him to peep Buttigieg and just say that I'm the winner, right? I hope that he is defeated, like, hands down on election night. My concerns are numerous. They are legion. Um, One people the the exit polls were historically inaccurate big time with hillary yeah with hillary and trump i don't know if it's people were ashamed to say they voted for trump and they said they voted for hillary or, or what happened that's that's one the polling was inaccurate historically inaccurate with hillary right he he somehow won trump somehow won off this teeny weeny percentage. Nate Silver would have said it was like 27% or whatever. And it was it was changing. But like the man should not be president. But somehow he is. And I don't know how that happened. Uh, I understand the rationale of some of these people. that, But I don't understand how they can live in a world in which this man is a good president now. I am also witnessing a concerted effort to disenfranchise voters across the country. I am witnessing the GOP working very hard to invalidate mail-in ballots during a pandemic. Attempt to dissuade people from voting mail-in ballots. They're convincing their base that that is the way that Democrats are going to steal this election 
I know that ballots don't start to be counted. Mail-in ballots don't start to get counted until the day of the election in some cases. So it may take days or weeks for those to come in. And there in the past, we saw with, we saw with uh, Bush v. Gore, the Supreme Court stepped in to stop recounts. Yeah, it was scary. State Supreme Courts can step in to stop recounts. The, there is talk of fuckery with the Electoral College with throwing out the will of the voter and having the state legislatures appoint Electoral College uh, voters who mm-hmm. go to vote on the president that are not bound to represent the voters that they are sent to uh, uh, Washington that send them to Washington to vote on the president. Right. Yeah. I am. I am not convinced. And I recognize that polling the will of the voters and then electoral fuckery are, are, are different things. Right. But I am not convinced that this is sound enough that the the lead is sound enough um, that that anybody should expect to win, mm-hmm. and I'm not certain that once you win or you have the votes, that the the institutions will hold. And I and if there was no action by the GOP or by the Trump administration behind this, they weren't actively working to invalidate the processes that we use to choose the president, uh, this would be a baseless conspiracy theory on my part. But I'm, I'm watching this happen. I'm, I'm seeing the groundwork being laid. And by the way, Amy Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, John Roberts, and I think Gorsuch all worked on Bush v. Gore on behalf of Republicans. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes. Yikes. Like the, the, their, the groundwork is, this is where I do think some people are being hyperbolic by when they say, like, this could be the last free election in America. <laughs> right? Like, the, yeah. that, that, is, yeah. that is hyperbolic yeah. in, in that they're laying this all on the feet of Trump. Right. Trump will remove this will be the like if Trump wins, this will be the last free election in America. No, this is a this is what's happening. Is a project of the Republican Party. In the face of a feckless Democratic Party. Like that, that is a fact. And I am polling or no. I'm witnessing the erosion of the pillars of our democracy by one party and the they are removing the faith and and oh and this by the way this is above and beyond the fact that the voting machines are owned by like the the companies that create these voting machines most of them are owned by republicans and they they do not produce hand marked paper ballots as a check but a lot of those machines were owned by republicans when obama spanked them twice though and sure and i and i just there's there's this part of me too that's like 
yeah, that's out there. Yes, there's some there's some you know voter fraud, but this idea that that these small sections that they're finding these discrepancies are going to represent the entire country. I just don't, I just don't buy it. You don't, you don't have to, cause these all, you don't have to go into every voting booth across America. Well, it's going to come. You, you just have to find the polling hinge points. Yeah. And it, it always comes down to battleground States and that, that that's where yeah. Trump's weakness or his strength is going to come from is that he was able to take a lot of those battleground States and a lot of the States that Obama carried so easily and flip them. Yep. And that's kind of not happening this time around after the first go run with it. And there was that famous line that he said, if I lose to Joe Biden, you'll never see me again. And Joe kind of took advantage of that and put out an ad and like, okay, everybody, let's do it. And, and it, it, it just, I, I have to remind, I have to say this again. I have to repeat it. Joe Biden is not Hillary Clinton. And you mean in, in terms of the, the as, as people as project to destroy her political career, you mean like that? That's what you mean? Like he, he is not that he doesn't have the, the disfavorables that she had. Exactly. And and it just, I mean, if you, if you look at, there was, there was a lot of polling done leading up to the initial uh, DNC nomination process. And he, he was always viewed as, and I think you said this on, on a recent show, he did that like a safe pick where there was never an overwhelming, like Bernie Sanders uh, enthusiasm level for Joe Biden. But if he was there, people like, Oh, I don't, I don't totally hate Joe. I'd, I'd vote for Joe. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it, and, and with Hillary, it just, what that, that just was not the case. Like she was, and I, I, I thought Hillary was hateable. I mean, just, there was, there was a lot about her that was really, really hateable. And, and Trump was able to take advantage of that. I don't see, I, as much as they try to group Joe Biden in with like Nancy Pelosi and, and AOC and Bernie Sanders yeah. and the socialists are coming to get you. It just, I don't think that's going to. I don't. I don't think that strategy is a is a winnable strategy this time around. As as much as they think it is, it, yeah. that that already works with people that were going to vote for Trump anyway. There's a lot of there's a lot of voters that are staunchly Republican that are going. You know what? This didn't go that well, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the safe pick, and I'm gonna go with Joe Biden. And I I just I I, I maybe I'm gonna be completely wrong when we sit down here and we react to this live on election night, but yeah. I, I I just don't think that the the voter like I I know Trump has said I'm sorry my, my mic fucked up um I know Trump has said a narrative and I get it that um there's going to be fraud and that people need to show up to the polls and and stand there and what I get that and I and to me that's 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 a chess play by somebody that's been looking at the poll numbers and going uh oh and mm-hmm. he wouldn't be tweeting that he wouldn't be saying that out loud if the polls were in his favor. And I know they weren't necessarily in his favor four years ago, but it wasn't this big of a gap and it, and it was Hillary Clinton. I'm just, I, I hate being the, the broken record here, but yeah, it's very well, my, different circumstances. At least I think it is. Yeah, my, I, my analytical side brain uh, agrees with you uh, that I can see the differences. I can see the polling differences. I can see the favorability, like the the uh, the unfavorable ratings were just uh, they were both neck and neck. Trump and and Hillary were in a race for who can be the most unfavorable, right? Like the, yeah, it was close. The, um, but I, I'm 
my lizard brain is back here, <laughs> like screaming that there is just fuckery, that the polling doesn't matter. The fascism um, is going to fight the 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 changeover of power like the that is the project of the right right now or that's the project of the right and they are they're going through naked power grabs with the supreme court seat they're going through naked power grabs with the suppression of voters they're going through naked power grabs with the suppression of the census um, a judge told them to continue uh, uh, collecting census data in cities that they just decided to stop. And basically, they just decided, like, now nah, we're done. That that the nakedness of the grasp of power is so stark now that it can't be ignored. And the people who would stoop to those means... I don't put anything past them. And yeah, I've, I'll fucking say it. I think that there will be fuckery with voting machines that just have electronic tallies that are unsecure. The election people are not, are not security officials. They don't have security. Like I've, I've heard anecdotal reports of, of um, security uh, journalists who will go up to election officials and go, and where do you take the tallies? And they're like, on that on that laptop right there. And it's yeah, an old laptop. A, and it's not secure. It's yeah. unsecured. And they ask, like, where do you go and access the internet? And they'll go to Starbucks and get <laughs> yeah, on public no, Wi-Fi no with, VPN. The fucking, with the fucking uh, laptop that's going to tally the votes for accounting. Oh, I... I... If if they could if they could and I, really and I saw one one last thing I, I saw a video of a guy who went to go check the security for the voting machines for yeah. Philadelphia yeah and he walked right in an open door Oof. and had minutes like he had to go find somebody no one like stopped him he was wandering around videoing all the voting machines getting prepped hmm. unattended being prepped open doors unguarded. Sounds a lot like our uh, our nuclear sites around the country too that are poorly guarded and it's uh it, I I I'm I don't deny anything you're saying I I think where when I when I look and I'm I'm actually pulling up and we'll we'll close on this because we're getting close to that two hour mark again but mm. um the the results from four years ago there was four states where it was within one percent and that was Michigan New Hampshire Pennsylvania Wisconsin. I can tell the you right now, or the, the, the polling or the vote, tally? the vote, the vote tally. Mm. Um, th that was those four states right there are 50 electoral votes and Trump won 46 of them. Um, that means Clinton only took one state, which was New Hampshire. There was also eight states where it was between 1% and 5%. That's 83 additional electoral votes. That was Florida, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nevada, Maine, Arizona, North Carolina, and Colorado. I can't imagine it's going to be identical at all whatsoever with Biden as the candidate. I just can't see it. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm just like, I'm, my concern also there is like, if you're turning out the vote in California, New York, like what good, what good's another 20 million people voting for Joe Biden? Not, not what good in terms of like the exercise of your voice in a democracy. 
I mean, what good in terms of the the electoral co college shift when a state when when um, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Florida, Iowa um, are all kind of still teetering, right? Like no, Iowa I, is still trending Republican. Yeah, no, Florida it is. Florida is going to still be trending Republican. And they're trying to shut down the vote there. Same with Texas. They're tre Texas is trending blue, but they're trying to suppress the vote in mm -hmm. Texas. Yeah. So like these, these voter polling data and CNN is one poll. Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You can't put all the eggs in the one basket with one of these polls. It's just, I'm just, I'm just, that's a the, big fucking margin though, man. That's that it is a big margin and it's been growing. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 I just remember when Trump clinched a nomination, I remember texting my, my boss who, uh, uh, he and I sh are somewhat simpatico. I remember texting like, holy shit. And then we had a coworker. I said, what do you think they're going to think? Like, what do you think they're feeling right now? Knowing that Hillary Clinton is going to be their next president. And I like, I was sure. I remember coming over to your house. To oh yeah. Yeah. I was sure we're going to walk out of there and Hillary yeah. Clinton's going to be the president. And, um, I still don't understand what happened and I don't <laughs> trust any of this. And it's like, I'm making calls for Teresa Greenfield and Joe Biden here in Iowa and Eric Jarity and, 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 and Liz, well, Liz Mathis, she's running on a post, but I'm making phone calls. And I don't even believe in like I am not these people's political peer. Yeah, I am. I they are capitalists. I am a socialist. They are not the person that I would choose, but they are the person that will if I can convince a few people and there are people making calls like me that convince a few more people and I shift the tide or or group a, a massive amount of people work to shift enough we might be able to pull it out and, and, uh, um, I don't blame you for having a, a cause for pause or, or just kind of like, ah, cause I mean, that it I just don't trust it. And I don't trust the system. I think yeah. it's rigged. I think it's, it's set against us. And there are so many, there are so many examples of its fragility because some of them rely on the good faith of your opponents. And I do not believe that there are people deserving of that faith on the other side right now. Well, we're a little less than four weeks away. So we'll, uh, we'll be here live on election night to break it down. Cause I, I had, I actually had a ton of fun kind of watching the results come in as we were at, well, I mean, obviously you, as the night progressed, you got more depressed, but it was, uh, yeah. it was just kind of fun, that environment of watching the, the results pour in and stuff. And we didn't exactly know it was Trump right away, but it was, it was trending that way with uh, how the electoral college was, was panning out. So that's the other fascination is do, do we do we, Are we going to know? Um, probably not, but that that's the, the expectation, but maybe we'll see. But um, there was a couple other things I wanted to hit, but we'll, we'll, we'll save it. Cause we got a couple weeks left. Um, before the election hits, I know that they're so next, I don't know what day it is, but they said next week is the the town hall debate. Um, so I would assume we'll watch that, come back, react to that a little bit. Um, 
I would like to dive more into the the polling though that's kind of going on now because that was just one poll that I referenced. I would like to kind of get a, a better broad scope of what because there's websites that that put all that stuff together, um, all mm-hmm. the all the polling and stuff, and then kind of I, what I would like to do is look at some of the some of those states that I was mentioning where it flipped. It, they were heavily for Obama for um, for the course of his two elections, and then they flipped for Trump, and then and the kind of seeing where the polling's at right now going into some of those states. So. Um, so I'll do a little dorky, uh, analytics on my end and bring some data to the, to the podcast. But so I would, I would assume we'll be, uh, we'll be coming back here though. I don't, do you know what day the debate is next week? I, I didn't catch it. It's usually like on a Tuesday or a Thursday, but I didn't tell I'm them. trying to, trying to pull it back up. Um, I know they said it, they said it was a town hall debate, but I didn't Thursday, October. Oh, there's one, it uh, looks like there's one October 15th. Okay, so it's a week from... And then there's okay. another one October 22nd. Oh, wow. Okay, that, so they're, 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 they're going forward with expectations then. So I guess mm-hmm. even, even if he's got the Rona, they're going to keep, uh, going to keep doing this stuff. So we'll see, but all right. Um, so that was the vice presidential debate tonight. Um, not as contentious as last uh, last week's debate, but it was still it was still something. Got got Sean fired up at least, right? So, yeah, guys, the whole premise of smack balls is pissing me got off. Got you going, so that was good. It's good for podcasting. Yeah, I suppose. Um, so we definitely need to. Uh, we'll definitely come back next Thursday. We might need to put another show kind of in the in the pipe because I'm going to be going out of town the second to last week of October for about a week and a half, but. Um, and then the fun, when I, basically the week I get back, it's it's less than a week till the election. So we'll definitely need to put something in the pipe and and get something else okay. going. But uh, we'll definitely come back though after the uh, the next uh, town hall debate because I'm kind of fascinated to see how they're going to pull that off if they're going to go through with it first of all with Trump having the Rona and then how they're going to do the setup and how you do the town hall questions with limited access and all that kind of stuff. So it'll be fascinating and uh, and maybe Sean will chime in with a solo one. I'm I'm enjoying the solo ones. I know. You do like eight, nine, ten minutes, but I think they're they're pretty solid. So, yeah, I'm I'm trying to get more uh, uh, focus. So, if you have any feedback, uh, things you want me to hit or want to explore, uh, go to Anchor.fm/slash Flyover Politics. Leave us a, a little voice memo um, or some feedback, or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at uh, Flyover Sean at Flyover Sean on Twitter. Let us know what you think, and uh, I'd love some feedback on on little episodes I could do, um, tilting at windmills episodes, uh, yeah. things that kind of can grind my gears. Grind your gears up. I'm uh, at Adam U Iowa on the Twitter as well. So if you want to message some stuff to me as well, we'll mention it on the podcast. We'll get uh, your thoughts out here, and of course, we'd love to hear from you as well. Going over to Anchor.fm/slash Flyover Politics, you can leave us a voice message that we'll uh, we'll even play it on the show. So you can be part of the podcast as well. All right. Uh, I'm Adam. He's Sean. I'll let Sean close with his famous line. And uh, we'll talk to you guys after, uh, after the next debate. For the love of God, think for yourself. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>